You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I have spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. And on this show, we are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Today, the letter is E, and E is for erotic and eroticism. The definition of erotic is relating to or tending to arouse, desire, or sexual excitement. Well, there are many things that are naturally erotic. For example, a woman's naked body or a man's naked body, a deep, slow kiss, a slow and tender caress. But there are also many things that can be eroticized. That is, they can become erotic because of the context. And later in the show, we'll talk more about how you can make everyday things become erotic. Joining me today to talk about all things erotic is Mistress Lucille. She's a pro-dom based out of Washington, D.C. She's committed to education and learning-based kink. She also hosts small community events at her D.C. area dungeon, the Domus, and regularly attends U.S.-based events, coast-to-coast, to continue growing and evolving within this lifestyle. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So let's start talking about the wide range of things and experiences a person can find erotic. I wanted to kind of give a context by talking about how old the concept of eroticism really is. Eroticism was actually once a fundamental way of looking at the world. It was part of the fourfold vision of the ancient Greek world that initiated the chosen into a world of philosophical vision. When eroticism was seen as education, the fourfold vision was Socrates' idea that there were four essential qualities that make a life worth living. And I love these, ready? The prophetic, the mystical, the poetic, and the erotic. What I find fascinating is that none of those are the rational, which I think is so cool. But he believed without these states of being, you would find it really difficult to have the energy you needed to overcome all obstacles. So he really looks at all of these as providing and bringing energy, whereas rational thought and the mind weren't bringing energy to the equation. Later in the show, I'll go over some habits and routines you can develop to become more erotic in your outlook and your daily life and to bring more eroticism to you. But for now, what do you think about that? Oh boy. I think that anything can be eroticized if you do it right. I think that it's a matter of the experience that you're having, who you're with and how you're perceiving your world. Um, And I think that there's just so many ways to explore things that are not usually erotic as being erotic. And I mean, in the outside world, people, um, and when I say outside world, it's because we were talking earlier about BDSM and people who listen to the show know it's a, it's a world I'm quite fond of. But in the, the kind of more or mainstream sexual world, people don't often purposely eroticize other things. That things become eroticized by accident. Things like, I mean, obvious ones are, you know, your lover's clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, if your lover goes away and they leave you a piece of their clothing so you can smell them or you wear their t-shirt 
and you get hot and sweaty because you're wearing their t-shirt. And that's kind of, that's kind of happening accidentally. But one of the things that's so interesting is, is there's this whole idea of erotic dominance, which is where the dominant does actually purposefully set out to eroticize everyday things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's the basics that you can think of, like high heels. I mean, who doesn't look at a set of high heels and just think, oh, my gosh, the legs that are going to go into those and how the calves are going to look. And that's a very erotic kind of thing. Um, But it's not something that's inherently erotic. It's Mm -hmm. definitely something that has been eroticized. Um, And I think part of that is who it's attached to. Um, And that's for me is the, the personal connection makes things so much different. Um, If you have an interpersonal connection with somebody that's erotic and like you said, you have their t-shirt, it becomes overwhelming almost. It's like it, you smell them and you can feel them and you remember their, their imprint on you. And it's, it's so strong. Absolutely. I like things like um, housework. Okay, there is yeah. nothing, there is nothing erotic about housework. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, there can be. Right, there can be depending on how you do your housework. You know, nude housework will definitely uh, make things a little more interesting <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so that's just one, and that's actually quite a simple example. That doesn't require any dynamic, doesn't require much of anything. You just decide that this is the thing that you're going to do. Maybe to see how your lover responds. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, how enjoyable would it be to just say, you know what, I'm going to sweep aside convention. I'm going to do the dishes in a way that makes me seem sexy. And I'm going to bring my partner sort of out of the woodwork from watching television or whatever it is and bring them into the kitchen. And we're going to create this entire erogenous zone in the kitchen, which is not usually a place that you would consider anything erotic happening. Um, But if you do it right, you can make it be the most erotic place in the world. Yeah. And there, there, I love, I love how easy it is to just to change things from ordinary to extraordinary, because really all that takes is the right kind of attention that you put on something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your intent and your focus makes all the difference. So what do you think the difference in terms of dominance is between erotic dominance and sort of more standard? How does that, how does, I don't know, how's the impact different? I mean, I think part of it is, is when people are planning a BDSM scene, there's a lot of forethought and intent that goes into it. Um, Whereas I think maybe in the mainstream world, in the vanilla world a little bit, um, it might be a little bit more fly by the seat of our pants, Mm -hmm. um, where we're going to go with the feeling that we have as opposed to what we've planned out. Um, And that's good, too. That's good, too. And that brings out the erotic element heavily. I also think it might, it, it's, it's quite fun if we actually plan things. And that's something that I took from my understanding of being involved in BDSM. I take out of that is that actually a lot of times people don't plan their erotic encounters. And their erotic encounters are reduced to the point in which they're having sex. So that small box Yes. And they don't realize that you can start the seduction weeks before. <laughs> yes. You know, with, with conversations, with um, fantasies, with writing, with just suggesting what you might do. And you can eroticize the entire time frame from weeks before until you finally get to that 
whatever you're going to do to that weekend, to that evening, to that day, to that encounter. And that builds the energy. Um, I've often been asked, so if you do that, or is it going to be dangerous? Because if you do that, will you find yourself in the position with um, the idea that you find yourself in the position where it, it, you've built it up so high that it becomes oomph. But actually, that's not my experience. It that has not been my experience either at all. No, absolutely not. I think it drives it. I think that your mind is the most erotic, stimulating thing you have on your body. And I think if you can get your mind and your partner's mind on that same level and you can bring out the sexiness in anything, then, yeah, you, you guys are in sync and you're going to have a great time. Yeah. So it doesn't, the buildup doesn't lead to a disappointment. And one of our engineers is, is recommending sex in the refrigerator. <laughs> sex, which I actually think is a great idea. Why not? Actually, I love, I love food. I love sex. So I love food and putting food and sex together. That's a big thing for me. Um, although not in the refrigerator, though that scene in nine and a half weeks was really hot. Um, do you remember that scene? I don't know if you saw the movie. That scene was, oh God, no, they were in the refrigerator and eating and the food was everywhere. And the, oh God. Yeah, it was really hot. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't actually, I don't remember it being in the book. I just remember it in the movie. But for me, I think really, um, I like more planning with my food. So I don't like to be in the refrigerator, but I do like, I mean, I've, I've eaten off a human table, mm -hmm. had sushi off a woman, which was amazing. I've been dessert and covered as well. So there's all sorts of fun things you can do with that. And there again, you know, you're, you know, eating is eating because we're oral and the nerve endings and the connections, eating can be erotic anyway. But a lot of times we forget that. It was erotic when we were babies, when we were breastfeeding. Yeah. That, that is a baby's eroticism because sexual development starts at birth, for those of you who don't know that. So it was erotic when we were babies and we lose that. We lose that feeling. So we can bring that back and make eating erotic by feeding our partners, for example which is amazing to be hand fed is, is an incredible experience. Absolutely. Yes. I completely agree. I think that you can add whatever it is that you and your partner are doing in that moment. You can make it an intimate erotic experience if you want to. Yeah. So that inspires a lot of creativity. Yes, it should. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole idea. Like if you can start thinking about your partner and the fun things that you guys can do and you bring that into your daily life, it will change your entire ritual and it will change your relationship. It, and it will, it will definitely change the tenor of the relationship. It's also, a, and it's a great way of revitalizing a relationship. We tend to do a lot of this more spontaneously at the beginning of a relationship. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of a relationship, we put a lot of time and energy and attention in. And sadly, life interferes. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we get to the point where we've got to go back to work, where we need to actually concentrate again, um, where we come off holiday, whatever it is, and we're into daily life, and that honeymoon period is over. And that means that we spend less time and less energy and less attention on our sexual life, and often what that means is it gets quite boring. It might be just fine, it might not be bad sex, it might still be great sex, but it still becomes boring. We all tend to have our favorite positions and our favorite lead-ups and, and everything is kind of routinized, which is not 
conducive to keeping excitement alive. I completely agree. Yeah, absolutely. I think the routine can become mundane. I think it can become so organized that you get to a point where you just wonder, how am I going to get back to a point where I find that spark with my partner? Um, and and then you sort of have this mourning and this loss. Um, and I think that if we just quickly say, you know what, I can make this situation I'm in right now something where I'm relating to my partner on a different level and I'm bringing that that sexiness back into us. I'm making sure that there is something erotic happening in this moment, um, I, whether it's touching their knee, whether it's just reminding them that you're there, whatever, whatever it is by maintaining eye contact across the room, um, those things can make such a huge difference. That's perfect. And we are um, about 30 seconds or so away from a commercial break. We're going to talk some more about this in the next segment. Um, I think I've, I would love to talk about what your favorite erotic things are that, that may not be usual. Um, and talk some more about the, the ways that we, that we can actually spend that attention. Because it really is about focused attention and imagination. And you don't realize how much power you have to change this and to make this become, uh, to make your life become more erotic and more exciting. Uh, people seem to think it's something that happens to them, but actually it's all about where you put your attention. Um, so that means you can create that feeling in yourself. And that might be something you want to think about in the commercial break, that you can actually create that feeling in yourself with no other partner if you want to. Sexy is back, and we've got it going on all the time here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Welcome back, guys, to the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This week, E is for erotica and eroticism, and we are talking about all things erotic with Mistress Lucille 
and having a grand time doing it. So but just before we broke the last segment, I suggested that um, we can actually make things erotic on our own and we don't need anybody else's help. And that's all about the attention we pay to things. Um, so I wondered, because you've seen a number of people with their different things that they find most erotic, what are the things you think are most common, most commonly eroticized? Oh, I would say the most commonly eroticized things are a couple of the things that you mentioned, which is your partner's clothing, um, definitely looks, things like that. Um, people's actions in the bedroom, I think those are eroticized heavily. Um, I think, yeah. So what do we think? Do we think there's a big difference between some eroticized and fetishized? I don't actually think there's a big difference. I think it's a matter of how far you take it. Okay. All right. So so when you fetishize something, well, in a true fetish, you can't get aroused without it. Exactly. A lot of people throw the word fetish around um, without really understanding what it means. Um, Yes. So, yeah. Okay. So I can see that. So that would be taking it further than eroticized. I think the things that um, most common things that people come into me with that are eroticized that aren't the sort of standard are things like a, a boots or a big one. Mm-hmm. Boots, leather, boots, heels, but leather, almost everyone I know a lot eroticizes leather. You know, yes. That's a big one. Um, hair. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Hair. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's connected to your partner. It's, it's near erogenous zones. When you are intimate with your partner, you smell it and it's near you. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a big one. And, and, and that's one, like I walk down the street and people will reach to touch my hair sometimes automatically without asking, without no consent. They're just like, (laughs) (laughs) and and it doesn't seem to matter what color it is because right now it's quite bright, but uh, I have naturally curly hair and I've got lots of it. And that seems to be something that, that means that people really want to touch it. And there's, so there's something about it that is that that's almost overwhelming compulsion. And by the way, guys, if you don't know me, don't touch my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Not, not a good thing. Um, Consent is really, really important, but it, but that's one that's interesting. Um, like, you know, certain types of outfits, certain clothing. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I, I wear a lot of latex. And for people who don't know what latex is, um, it's a very shiny um, rubber made material uh, and you put silicone lubricant on it. So it makes it even shinier and it makes it very soft. And um, this is a person who's walking around lubricated, literally. Uh, and it, it tends to be very heavily eroticized and, and fetishized um, by people who, who enjoy it on the level that I enjoy it. <laughs> and I, you know, bless you to me. It's just so, so sweaty. Oh my God. I have, <laughs> I have the most beautiful so I used to have a, I had a black latex dress that was the, a typical latex dress, which is quite skinny, quite tight to, to, the, to the parts of the body that it's going to be on. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't use, you don't get very many A-line latex dresses, but I found one and I found this gorgeous um, long sleeve empire waist and then A-line kind of like a fifth, but like a fifties dress in bright yellow and black latex. It's absolutely gorgeous. I love it. I look fantastic in it. 
I can't wear it for more than 20 minutes. <laughs> because I get so hot, I just want to scream. So I, I, you know, and not, not in the good way, right, guys? This is like hot, sweating hot, like take it off of me. The temperature's gone up. I think it looks great. It's really hot. And I like to see other people in latex. And the first thing that always goes through my head is, oh, my God, how are you wearing that? <laughs> it's a labor of love. <laughs> it must be. It so, is. Yeah, that's one that people, that's one that people don't um, necessarily think about. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that's, that I find interesting is, is the stuff that the unusual ones, the things that people eroticize that you're like, how did that become eroticized? Oh, absolutely. The stuff that really kind of triggers your brain and makes you think. Yeah. I, I had a client. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. I had a client who had a thing for trees and I don't mean liked tree. I mean, like trees were eroticized. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't do anything to trees. It wasn't, it wasn't a fetish. It didn't go that far, but trees turned him on. I, I don't. And he said that his early sexual experiences were in the forest. Ah, so for okay. him being in that environment, the smells that were in that environment, all of that brought back those memories or parts of those memories. And so for him, that made it incredibly erotic. And so that was one of his favorite places to go have sex is take somebody out in the woods, which is so fine. See, while it's wild. I mean, to me, that totally makes logical sense. I can understand that connection. Absolutely. Yeah, you can understand it once you know what the connection is. But at first, it's like, creep. well, yes, <laughs> like not like not the forest is because he didn't explain it like, oh, the forest is a, as an environment. It was like trees. Trees turn me on. Uh, trees. OK. OK. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had some interesting ones for sure. Yes. Oh, uh, well, so one that many of your listeners may be unfamiliar with would be somebody who has into diapers, which is That's something unusual. that many people would say, why, you know, it's something that you have to use when you're young and something that you might have to use when you're old, but why would you want to use it in the middle? Um, and that's, that's their thing. You know, it's, it's a very eroticized thing for them. Um, and actually what's interesting about that is often the, it's a symbol that becomes eroticized. So that's an, that's actually a good one to bring up because some things are directly eroticized. Like, okay, for example, a woman's breasts directly eroticized, mm. right? You, you say, ah, oh, I look at them and that's erotic. You don't have to, there's no figuring out. Leather, yeah. leather directly eroticized. It's the, the scent and the feel, maybe the look on a person, but often the, the first thing about it is the scent and the feel. And then it's the look on a person. It's, it goes that way around. But in any event, it's direct. Diaper's kind of indirect. It's not the actual diaper that's the turn on. It's what the diaper represents that's the turn on. The turn on is when I'm wearing this, I'm looked after. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can totally get on board with that. The idea of, you know, being able to be free of your headspace and where you're at and being able to go and be transported into this other world where somebody's going to make sure that your needs are met and they're going to love you unconditionally. I mean, who, who doesn't want that, you know? And for them, the only way that they can get into the, that headspace is they've eroticized this object. And so that's what they use. Yeah. That's what they yeah, use. absolutely. Which probably means that some of the people listening will, will, will freak out a little bit less when they hear that. 
because people's initial response to that is, yeah, the initial reaction is overwhelming. You know, usually one can find out where this comes from or what connections make this happen. Because a lot of times, I mean, that's we can eroticize things that we want to eroticize by making connections. Often we can condition things, you know, we can behave very similar to Skinner's animals or Pavlov's, Pavlov's dogs um, and, and being conditioned. And, and, and we're not that difficult to condition. Certain core responses are not that difficult to condition, surprisingly. So I think um, last week we were talking, or a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about orgasm. And, and I was talking about or- orgasm on command. Um, I'm like, how do you do that? That's actually not difficult to condition. It just takes practice. And it's simple conditioning, pair the voice with the orgasm. So that means you actually have to be touching the person first, you know, and you're, you're working at getting them to come. And as they come, you speak to them the words you're going to say to them to make them come without being touched. And you keep doing that, say it a little before, and a little bit more before. And if you keep doing that, eventually what you'll have is somebody who comes on command. It's yeah. not mystical. It's not magical, unfortunately. I'm sorry, guys, if I took the mysticism out of that. But No, the beauty of that is that means that anybody can do it. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. beautiful. I love it. I mean, because it's one of those things that, you know, people, they meet somebody and they can do it with this person. They're like, oh, oh, my God, you know, he or she's the only one who can do this. No. Sorry, guys. Really, you can learn how to do this yourself. But I find it interesting also how society views a lot of this stuff. Um, there's tons of inappropriately eroticized things in advertising. Absolutely. Yes. Alcohol, clothing, cigarettes. I mean, yes. Perfume. Yes. Although perfume at least is a scent and it's got. I have seen overly erotic water commercials. (laughs) (laughs) And why that is. And that is because we know that, I mean, in, in simple sex cells. Yeah. Because it's, it's pushing buttons for us. That's why people see themselves being that person, being in that scene, being in that environment. Um, There's so much that you can do. And yet the way that society, modern society uses this is often in a kind of negative fashion. So we've got the conditioning that with advertising, which to me is not, not really okay. But then there's the, the attitude towards erotic literature, towards erotic film, which is that it's all bad and it's all horrible and that we need to censor, which is becoming worse now. Um, So that's an interesting one. We're about 30 seconds away from break, believe it or not, that went quick. Um, And we're just going to keep this conversation going in the third segment and talk some more about maybe the way in which um, society views erotica and eroticism and how it's used um, as a, and how it's abused as well. So we will be back shortly. You're listening to the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. 
Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This is the third segment. And this week it is E is for erotica and eroticism. And I am talking with Mistress Lucille about all things erotic. So where we were just before the break was talking about the fact that um, society sometimes views erotica in, in quite a negative way. And also that erotica and, and eroticism is used to manipulate like in advertising and things like that. I also think it gets used, used, used to manipulate in, in interpersonal relationships a lot. Um, and, and I think sometimes it's obvious. I mean, when you have the Me Too situations, that's obvious. That's obvious sexual harassment. But I think a lot of the times people are unaware because it can be very, very subtle. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, you see... You will see attractive women with their partners and asking them to obtain things for them, perhaps. Sure. Um, and you can tell that they're sort of putting on the extra flair at that moment so that they can acquire their object of desire. Whatever that uh, may be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so you can use it to your advantage in multiple situations, which can be used negatively. And then in other ways, maybe... Like we were talking about before, doing the dishes, you know, you eroticize doing that and maybe you can get your partner on board with doing the dishes with you. (laughs) And you can have your work. So you you use it positively. I think, I think it's, it really is about um, intent. Yes. Absolutely. Um, And when you've got positive intent, then usually you're all right. Yeah, I think if you're looking at it from a perspective of what can I get out of this versus what can I build with this, um, you're you're having very different outcomes and scenarios happen. So I I'm thinking about I mean I love the doing the dishes. Also know there there are a lot of um there are a lot of men who like to be maids. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. Sure you, I'm sure you've experienced with them. I, I do, yes. There is a whole interesting area of erotic of, of having eroticized activities that many of us don't find erotic. Absolutely. Right? And I think a lot of that is the service aspect. Um, the idea of being able to give selflessly to your partner um, so that they can have something that 
that nobody else gets, you know, like how, how can I make sure that my partner is happy and fulfilled on levels that other people don't necessarily always get those things. And you can get that through maid work, service work. You can get it through boot blacking where somebody comes and services your shoes for you. Um, There's just so many different ways where you can have those kinds of things happen that aren't erotic, but give you that feeling of erotic connection with your partner. Now that's interesting. So do you think, um, hmm, do you think that it's just the service aspect? Cause like when I look at like sissy maids, for example, these guys, like they're, they've eroticized the clothing that they're wearing. Oh yeah. So they're eroticizing the service, but there, there's also this whole direct eroticized, erot, eroticized, eroticism of being in women's clothing dressed up in this exaggerated way because it's exaggerated for people who have not Mm -hmm. experienced this and then performing these menial tasks yes yes you know to the the idea of once again i think part of it is being able to leave that headspace that you're in every day um, and be able to be transported to another world um, in that role right now this is what you're good for um, you can make me happy by putting yourself into maybe a little bit of a degradating or humiliating situation um, and doing something that you would normally consider beneath you um, and all just so that you can have praise and attention lavished upon you by somebody that you find attractive or intelligent or whatever it is that they, they see in you that they, they want to have a piece of. Yeah. So that's something that, I mean, if people think about it, 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 it may seem odd, but there are some obvious reasons for why somebody develops this sort of a pattern and what it is that they're trying to do. So if you're bored in your relationship, or you just not, you don't feel that spark anymore. One of the things you can do is go back to the beginning of your relationship and look at the things that you did that made things more exciting. Not just the fact that you were new to each other, that thing you can't get back, right? That newness, that newness is gone. Once you know somebody, you know them. That's just how it is. But what about the things that you did, the special things, like when you made the mixtape, right? It tells you how old I am. You were making a when you made the mixtape, when you made the mixtape um, and you spent all those hours picking out just the right songs and the things, you know, sometimes you made a romantic mixtape and sometimes you made a hot and sexy mixtape for those hot and sexy times. And the, when you planned out a date in meticulous detail and you surprised your partner or you cooked um, a meal, but you cooked a three course meal instead of the meals that you're stuck cooking every night because that's part of your responsibility now it's got a different feel to it. So um, being able to bring that back. Absolutely. So important. So important to like, remember the things that gave you that feeling to begin with. Like, what was it that made me want to connect with my partner? What things did I see in them that I wanted to make sure that I was able to really have that deep level 
with. Um, and you can go back and find those things. You can try to recreate new relationship energy, even though you can't have a new relationship, you can recreate that energy by looking at the things that your partner does, by figuring out what little secret things that they have that you can get in on. Um, my girlfriend, she's, she's a very girly kind of girl. And one of the things I do for her is I make sure that I give her girly time because with other people, she doesn't get that. And it gives us a chance to have really happy, fun energy on a regular basis. And I think that's so important. So just finding one thing that they can connect with that maybe they can't do with the rest of the world. That's cool. I like that idea. But I, and I also like the idea of like, there's also something like about creating that wanting. So, yes. you know, like you can't have this special toy unless, you know, until Christmas, right? <laughs> right yeah you know when you're a kid and it's either your birthday or christmas or hanukkah or whatever you celebrate when you're going to get a present and that that excitement around the present oh i gotta when i'm gonna get my present i'm gonna get my present whatever it is you can do that same thing you can eroticize that waiting time instead of making it shit i don't get to see my partner my lover my friend with benefits until blah 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 you can eroticize that time and use that time to build the energy. Oh, absolutely. The planning. The planning yeah. is great. And then if you do that, this is the thing. If you do that, if you put the attention in, you will have a better experience. So it's, you know, effort in, result out, right? It's, it's yes. nothing in, you're going to get nothing out. Yes. If you put a load of stuff in, you're going to get a load of stuff out of it. I like to tell people eroticize an article or an item, find something that you can eroticize that's representative of the relationship between you that you can have when you're not with each other during the day or when you go away from each other, something that brings that energy up so that by the time you come back together, you're I love that. ready to explode. You know, you're ready there. You're already there because you've got whatever it is. And I, I mean, I, it can be anything. It can literally be anything. You can do that with your wedding ring if you want to. You know, it can literally be anything, but something. Put that energy in it. How do you do that? Well, you've got to think about what it is. You know, you've got to actually think about the erotic aspects of the person. Sometimes it's easier because some, some item or object ends up being eroticized by, by accident or just because just because it becomes in the middle of whatever you're doing, like the, you know, the shirt that, that your partner's wearing and you don't manage to get your shirt off. And so it smells like sex. So you put it in a plastic bag. How many people will recognize this? You put it in a plastic bag so it doesn't lose its scent too soon. You open the plastic bag and you smell it or you sleep with it under your pillow. That sort of thing that actually directly smells of sex. It's, it's obvious. It's easy. Um, Often it's not that obvious or easy. You have to actually create it. But it's not that difficult to create. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that's come up a couple times, and I'll say it again, is just the intent. Um, if you have that intent there, that you want to make sure that you're bringing this into whatever dynamic it is on a daily basis, you will do it. Um, it, it requires focus and, and attention and intent. And... Don't miss out 
things that are physical characteristics, like the voice. Oh my God, voices can be amazingly sexy. And sometimes they're sexy some of the time and not at other times. Look at the difference. And then purposefully slow down is usually part of what it is. Slow down, let your voice settle and have the sexy voice or your smell. Do you have a cologne that is just amazing on your body scent? Because colognes change depending on, and perfumes change depending on your own scent. Is your own scent amazing? Use yourself in this in order to remind your partner of what was so hot at the beginning. Yeah. Remember the things that your partner loves about you and make sure that you bring them out. If your partner loves your hair and you wear your hair in a bun every single day, when you take them out to that special dinner, you know, that's the night to let it go. Um, And just so that they have that opportunity to connect with that on you. Which is great. I mean, if you wrap your hair, not for religious reasons. Yes. Yes, obviously. I'm sorry. But but even so, even for religious reasons, that's one of the things to me that's incredibly cool because that was part of the message your partner was the only person who got to see your hair so that 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 was in part because hair was seen as part of the full person and partly erotic but it further eroticized it so hair becomes incredibly eroticized but you can do that yourself we're about 30 seconds away from break and the last part i'm going to start out by giving you some ideas about creating uh, some of the things necessary to live a more erotic life. I'm not saying a more sexual life, a more erotic life, and to bring more eroticism into your life. And probably if you're doing that, you'll live a more sexual life too. So I will see you guys in the last segment. Explore your deeper desires. Listen, learn, and live sexy here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week, it is E is for erotica and eroticism. And I've been talking with Mistress Lucille all about things erotic and eroticism. Um, So in this segment, as I said before the break, I wanted to talk about some practice and attitudes you can bring into your life to make the erotic more prevalent. Thinking back to the beginning of the show, I was talking about um, Socrates 
saying that eroticism is one of the four parts of life that makes life worth living. So be curious. That's number one. Be curious. Yeah. I mean, it's surprising to me how, how people aren't anymore. But be curious, especially about strangers and things that appear odd to you, because that even stretches you further. Yeah, absolutely. Pull yourself out of your box that you've been in and go and live a little bit outside of it. And it will give you a new perspective on your world. Even if you aren't going to do what that person's doing, it will give you a different vantage point. That's absolutely, that's absolutely where I was going with that. And it, it, it just opens things up for you. So if you're going to be fully erotic in your life, you need to be open. It doesn't mean you need to do everything you find out about, but just be curious. And this isn't just in sex. Be curious in general. Approach the world with an attitude of curiosity and openness instead yes. of pushing things that are different and strange away. Um, it's said that people who are very erotic talk a lot. <laughs> I think it's very interesting. Um, so I would say talk, talk well, but also be silent well. Enjoy all your words, savor your words, talk fully, but when the time comes for silence, and there's always a time for silence, make sure you're in good contact with the other person. Experience the full silence together. Silence is not an empty thing. So you want to look deeply into a person's eyes. You want to make contact. You might want to touch them. You want to sit comfortably in that silence and enjoy that silence. And that can really raise your temperature. Yeah, you can connect deeply in silence. Incredibly. One of the biggest for me, oh my God, be confident. Have confidence, be confident. Confidence is unbelievably erotic. It's, if somebody, if you're sexually confident, it's like a magnet made of neodymium, which is a rare metal. It pulls the metals in just like a sexually confident person pulls people in without effort. People are so attracted to confidence and people who are confident exude it. It's like you could smell their confidence. And it's interesting, you know, confidence is a different thing than sometimes people think when we talk about confidence, they're like, oh, so all dominants are confident. No, not all dominants are confident. Confidence is, a, is, is its own thing. And when, you, and when I say sexually confident, that means you know who you are, what works for you, what you want, what you don't want, what your value is in the romantic arena. It works even better if you have confidence everywhere else, too. Absolutely. But if you don't have erotic confidence, if you don't even have a regular confidence, start working on it then. Mm. Because the more you ha- get in the habit of it, it's so much easier. Yep, definitely. Another one is um, to notice the commonalities between you and other people that in actual fact, even people who are really different from each other, we have more similarities than we do have differences. And so oftentimes what we do is we look for the differences. And so we're approaching from quite a negative perspective in a sense. You know, we're approaching by saying this is same and this is other and we push other out. And instead of doing that, try to notice the basic commonalities. That helps you connect. It also means that um, you're open to more connections. And part of that is to dispute the prejudice and stereotype that you come up against. Take a step back. 
find out what it really is about rather than sticking with whatever that stereotype is and look at what we all share. Be a little mysterious. Now, this is the thing that gets lost in um, relationships of long term. And it's one of the reasons why we often have so many problems keeping excitement levels up when we're in a long term relationship because nothing's secret or mysterious anymore. Right? That does tend to happen, yes. We are, you know, we are where we are. We're definitely kind of, I know everything about you. You know everything about me. Where's the surprise? But although I may not be able to create a surprise about myself, I can create surprise and I can create a little bit of mystery. Um, I have to do it within the situation and the context rather than within me. And if you do that, you will bring more eroticism to your life. So try and kind of cultivate a little bit of that mystery. Create craving and wanting, because that's one way you can do it. You want it, you can't have it right now. You have to wait. And yeah, I'm gonna absolutely. You, but I'm going to make you want it even more. And I'm going to keep <laughs> you want it until you're ready to scream. And then maybe we'll have sex or you know, but it's that idea of let, let's do this. Let's see what we can do in order to bring that um, fire up. Even though I can't possibly fool you into believing that I'm a person that you don't know. The other thing is you can do role play for this. Yeah, role play is a great way to bring out a new side of yourself to your partner without actually having to change who you are. Yeah. Uh, you have that time to get into that new headspace. And not only does your partner get to do it, you get to do it as well. And yeah. you get to create this whole entire intended situation where you get to be somebody different for about 30 minutes, which is just, or, you know, 30 know. hours, depending on how long you want to do it. Indeed. But it's so much fun. It's so amazing. And it's so much fun. And I mean, people often feel concerned and worried that they're going to look silly and stuff it, with practice. You start by remembering what you were like as a child. We all, most of us played Let's Pretend. Remember what it was like to play Let's Pretend. Um, and you try to go back to that energy, which is when you didn't judge yourself and you didn't care and you weren't worried about what you looked like when you were playing Let's Pretend. You weren't worried that you were playing a prince, but you're really a girl. Or you weren't, worry, weren't worried that you were playing the beautiful princess with blonde hair when you have brown hair. You know, you didn't care. You were playing let's pretend. And it was okay. And your friends did the same with you. So you go back to that energy. And if you really have trouble with it, start with simple things. Strangers meeting on a train is an easy one. Doesn't require any change of language, uh, accent, or costumes. Yeah, absolutely. And you can go all the way to the other end and you can be a naughty nurse and have yourself a full hospital set up. <laughs> you can take it as far as you want to. You can do it at home. You can, you can, you can do it while you're at work texting your partner. I mean, you can, you can really bring that in anytime. Yeah. Role play is fantastic. It's good. Such good fun. Um, and not that difficult to manage, easier than you might think. If you have questions about role play and you want some tips, do email me, um, and it's Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com, as always. I've got um, some resources that I can share with you. I've got an ebook on role play, on beginning role play, and I also do a workshop called Casanova's Secret, 
which is a full day workshop on creating role play for use in the bedroom specifically. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. I love it. I love teaching people how to do that. It's just so much fun because people don't realize how much they actually have in them, how many characters they have in them until you start working with them on it. And it's great to watch the characters come out. Um, Finally, savor every part of your life. Taste all of your life, the good, the mediocre, the bad. People who are fully erotic find pleasure in the most ordinary of experiences and the most unusual of places. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say before that, and it's going to sound weird, but gratitude helps me with, with eroticism. Um, being grateful for the little things that my partner does, um, reminding myself every day what I need to be grateful for with it. That's a very erotic act for me. Fantastic. And gratitude's amazing. Gratitude's amazing reset for people. So why not eroticize it? That's wonderful. Particularly if it gets you to keep doing it. Um, we are coming close to the end of our show. If you would like to find Mistress Lucille, you can find her at mistresslucille.com. On Twitter, she's Lucy Ballbuster. And on Instagram, it's Lucille underscore Ballbuster. These links will be with the notes from the show when I finally manage to get them put up. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening to us today. If you've got more questions, email me. And if you have an idea for the show, please send it in. I'm at Beth at drlaurybethbisbee.com. Are you interested in learning more about the DS and BDSM? And would you like to learn more about Power Exchange? Well, if you're in the London area, London, UK, that is, just make sure. I am teaching two one-day workshops soon. The first is on the 2nd of March, and the second is on the 16th of March. Do email me, and I'll be happy to send you the link for tickets. Um, they're five-hour workshops. They're going to be a lot of fun. We'll cover all sorts of bits and pieces. Um, if anything got triggered or something bothered you as a result of what we've been talking about on the radio show, please do write into me. I can signpost you to places that you can get extra information if need be and extra help if need be. And finally, please, please, please join me next week where the letter will be F and F is for Femme Fatale. Thank you so much, Mistress Lucille, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a really good time. This has been I've a had a blast. Good. And I will see you all soon. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, sexy people. If you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the sexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. 
Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. See you next week. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.